everybody for joining us. We are so excited. We are still doing 30 under 30. Uh, so we're going to try and keep this around to 30 minutes. I did talk to Jake a little bit ago. Uh, he is in a meeting, but he's going to join us. So Kathy or, or anybody or Ray, if you see uh, Jake join, we'll, we'll bring him in. Uh, but uh, so excited to have these two guests. Kathy, do you want to go ahead and, and introduce our two guests? I sure do. You know what? Is Ethan here? There he is. There's Ethan. So I'm really, really excited to have the opportunity to introduce these two gents to you. And one of the fun parts of, of my um, opportunity to be able to work with Connect is really I get to go really deep with, with some of our top producers. And it's been such an eye opener and really has personally helped me to up my game, both from a coaching perspective and a production perspective. So Really excited to introduce Ethan and Ethan Brooks and William Caban. Um, and so, gents, let's just—are we ready? Let's roll. All right, let's do it. So, I always look for commonalities, right? When I interview these top top producers, there are specific things that stand out in each and every conversation. A commonality with both of these gentlemen, which I thought was very very interesting, is that both of them came into the mortgage industry. And they planted themselves in an area where they knew no one. So you talk about a blank slate. You know, we talk about sphere of influence and who do you know? And do you, any of your friends know realtors? Brand new area. No ref, frame of reference relative to referral sources. And, and what, I, what I observed in both of them is this incredible willingness to be humble and to learn. And to take every very small opportunity, magnify it. And turn it into something more. So, so let's just go ahead and launch into that. Ethan, tell us a little bit about um, your your production this year. Tell us where you're at and where you were last year. Well, thank you for having me on, Kathy. I uh, very much appreciate the opportunity. So, last year we closed out sixty four point two million. That's two hundred seventy seven units. And then year to date, we're at twenty seven and a half million, hundred eight units. So what I want you to hear in those units is that there was a point in time when Ethan almost walked away from it all. Can you tell us about that tipping point, that, that, that fork in your road? Yeah. So I was at the, I don't know, 14 month mark and I was starting to get, I don't know, frustrated. I hadn't rounded that corner yet where it, it gets easier, where you set that baseline for the calls coming in. You know that you'll have business next month. and I got distracted. So I started interviewing with uh, Northwestern Mutual in town to be a financial advisor. And I got two interviews in. And then, I mean, essentially my wife gave me a wake up call. Like, what are you doing? Um, do you really want to start over? How do you think this is going to be easier? And that was the, that was my second winter. And so that was the winter of 19. And I'm, I'm glad I stuck it out because that, that summer that 18, you know, about the 18 two-year mark was when I, I rounded that corner finally. So I, I love that story because I think it's really impactful for anyone just that stay the course. And, and I know uh, Coach Walker was so great about, you know, focus on the path, focus on the path. And I, I loved that story as an example of, of the value of focusing on the path. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Will, tell us a little bit about your story. So I, I love where Will came from because he and I had a similarity in, in where we came from and the time frame we came from it. And, and it really gave us some thick skin that we may not have otherwise had. So tell us about that. 
Absolutely. So uh, first, for starters, I want to thank everybody for the opportunity. And um, just, just to kind of go into where we came from, we came from the banking world. Um, when I started, I started in 2008, which is probably the worst time to start as a banker. Uh, going into 2009, which is the worst time to be a banker and probably involved in the mortgage industry and real estate industry. But I was in New York, so I worked in Midtown. So I was like literally right in the thick of it. And he um, knew when things were happening before they were even happening and then would read about it and say, oh, wow, that person that said that, you know, a couple hours ago was totally and absolutely correct. Um, my journey was, you know, as a private banker, which is which is essentially where, what I left prior to becoming a loan officer. Um, I was naive and I was ignorant. Probably the two best qualities that I, I could say I had going into being a loan officer because I had no idea what it took to be a loan officer. And I thought it was as simple as referring business like I was doing um, when I was a private banker. So when I came from New York um, and I went into the Florida market, which is where I'm based now, I literally did it on a whim. We came out here on July 4th weekend. Uh, three months later, we had a tenant for our house. We had a, uh, a property that we, we had rented out and we had pretty much our lives already set. And then I became a loan officer. And the only reason why I became a loan officer was because no one wanted to become, no, no one wanted to give up their private banking jobs in Miami, which makes a lot of sense. And you also need to speak two languages, uh, which I don't. Uh, so predominantly Spanish and Portuguese or both. So I thought, again, being ignorant and naive, that, hey, if I'm referring a quarter of a million dollars, a quarter of a billion dollars a year as a private banker, how hard could it be as a loan officer in Miami? So fast forward to um, being incredibly naive and ignorant was one of the best things that could have happened because of the fact that when I went into the business, you know, you naturally you're going from a really good salary position to nothing, right? Ultimately, it was just nothing. And I didn't know anybody in the market. Um, I thought that, you know, I could make something happen very quickly. And I was very humbled by the experience. Um, ultimately, what I ended up having to do, and, and this is something that we touched on on our, on our, on our conversation was I picked up The Real Deal, which is a local magazine in New York and a local magazine in Miami. I flipped through it, see which realtors were involved in the, the articles. I give them a phone call, shoot them an email, and just simply say, hey, you know, congratulations on whatever the article was. This is what I do. This is who I work for. We should get together and we should have a coffee meeting. Um, and I lived in Pompano Beach at the time, and most of the agents that I, were I was calling were working in Miami. So it was a it was a three hour round trip just to have maybe a fifteen to thirty minute uh, meeting, but that's how I built my business. That that was only how I built my business. And again, you know, the the naivety and the ignorance was the best thing because if I would have known otherwise, I probably wouldn't have if you would have told me what it would entail. So that's my story in a nutshell. I love that. And Ethan, you told a similar story and you used a, a phrase that I loved. Massive, massive activity leads to dominance of your marketplace. So to Will's point, to drive two hours to have a 15-minute coffee, tell me a little bit about what you observe relative to that philosophy. So before I even got started, I was obsessed with research. So I was in school to be a pastor prior to getting into all this. And while I was a part-time janitor, 20 hours a week uh, after school was over, I would listen to podcasts, mortgage industry podcasts, Carl White um, and others. And I just learned about team building, 
massive activity. And so, you know, once I got started, I hit the ground running. And I got started, I was able to get started as a junior loan officer. And primarily what we were doing was, it was like a call center. So we um, we were just given a list of old expired postponed needs and we were able to call through those. We were able to call through those and then our benchmark that was set was to get 15 credit pulls per month. And so we were just credit pull junkies and that was, um, that was about the first six months. So I think that's so, so key in both, in both of what you're hearing, what I hear is a consistency and a creativity of, of approach. So tell me about how each of you view opportunity. You both had a really unique perspective on opportunity. So sometimes you'll, you'll reach out to someone, do you need a new, do you, do you want to, do you, do you need a new lender? And the answer is no. In the context of that response, you each have a way of looking at opportunity in a new, in a different way. So if you receive those sort of responses, what do you do with that? Well, uh, so it, when I, when I receive that response and, and I'm sure everyone receives that uh, often, uh, my first initial response is, Hey, you know what? I totally understand that someone like you, who's as successful as you are, I would be surprised if you didn't have a lender or maybe two or three lenders at your disposal. But here's what I want to do, and here's if it's okay with you. I want to follow up with you from time to time. Just check in and see if it's something that you'd be okay with. And if you're okay with that, maybe there's some way that we can connect, and um, I can just try to add some value. And if something happens where a lender can't do something, keep me in mind, right? I may be able, I, <clears throat> I may be able to do it. I may not be able to do it, but just keep me in mind. And um, and, and I always like to get the buy-in of, is it okay if I can follow up with you from time to time? I don't want to give them a specific time frame. I don't want to give them a reference. I just want them to, to say, okay, it is okay for you to, to follow up from time to time. Because if I ever get to a point where they say, hey, uh, please stop reaching out to me, or I don't want you to, to you know, I, I have my lender. I told you this. I can always refer back to, hey, I, I totally understand that. But like you had, you had mentioned, it was okay to, you know, to reach out to you. And I just wanted to make sure that I was giving you some valuable information. So that's my approach to it. And I see every single opportunity. The other, the other way that I approach it, if they're really adamant and they don't want me to reach out to them is I'll tell them, Hey, do you know somebody maybe in your office or somebody in your team, somebody maybe junior in your, at your level that I can link up with someone I can partner up with. And maybe that could use my services or maybe use me as a direct lender um, that you could see some sort of value in. If you'd be willing to do that for me, I'd be tremendously indebted to you. And most people will, if they don't have it right on the spot, that if you if you follow up with them and you get that buy-in, they will introduce you to maybe one or two people. And from there, there's there's a huge amount of opportunity because that person can say, hey, I work with such and such, and they're phenomenal. And you never know. So, so that's my approach to it in terms of, you know, the I already work with the lender answer. Thanks. How about you, Ethan? I was calling a listing agent and a couple minutes into the phone call, he said, you know, man, I'm just starting to coast. I'm thinking of retiring maybe the end of this year. And my knee jerk reaction was, I got to get off the phone with this guy. He's not going to be referring me any business. And I'm thankful I caught myself where this is actually a golden opportunity. In my opinion, he he's a respected, you know, longtime realtor in the industry. And I said, you know, congratulations, that's great. And then I asked him for introductions. So I said, who are up and comers, rising stars that you think I should be connecting with? 
And so he gave me, I think, two or three names. And then I asked him, you know, what's your favorite thing about them? Why do you think they're going to be successful? And I just took a note after each name that was given. And as you can imagine, those are the easiest phone calls to make. They're pure layups. You get to call these strangers, make their day, share feedback from them, with them, from a probably someone they look up to. And of course, they'll meet with you then. So what I love to hear from both of these gents is that consistency piece. So both of you have very specific tools that you utilize to track your time, to, to track your metrics and to manage your time. So can each of you give us some insight? I'll go ahead and start with you, Ethan, on this question. When you do talk to a listing agent like that, they give you those names. What is the next step? How do you track what happens as a result of that conversation? So I use my CRM, we use Jungo, which is an app built on top of Salesforce. And I use it almost more for realtor management as much as I use it for client and transaction management. So any realtor we come across, they, they're entered in there and we track initial meetings with them, most recent meeting, uh, initial referral, most recent referral. And that is just invaluable data to me because it can help me keep track of, you know, realtors where the relationship is straying. And it's been six months since they've sent someone over. Um, are they starting to date someone else or, you know, are we losing touch or not connecting? And that kind of data, it, you know, that helps you keep track of hundreds of relationships where otherwise, if you just try to do it, you know, manually, it's, it's not going to go very well. So that conversation was logged. You know, I set follow-up phone calls and, um, yeah, that helps keep track of activity and make sure we're keep our eye on the ball. Perfect. And how about for you, Will? I know you're pretty pretty married to your CRM as well. Yeah, so I use the same CRM, uh, Django, and it could be cumbersome at first. And I will tell you, I wasn't a huge um, advocate of Django uh, until probably the beginning of this year. And the, the, the brutal honesty is because the team that I'm part of now, the Epic Mortgage team, uh, Brian and Andrew are very systematic in the things that they do and the processes that they built out. And we use it for everything. Every single minute thing we use it for, or at least I use it for, and I've been conditioned to use it for. And it's gotten to a point where I can't log, I can't have a conversation without having a logged, uh, you know, CRM message and feel comfortable. I won't go to sleep if I, you know, if I don't log it the right way. So they, we use it for uh, realtors, we use it for title companies, we use it for our clients. Uh, but we also use it for dedicated follow-ups. The other thing that I use as well is MMI.run. And I use that for um, to, basically to, to really see what volume a real, real estate agent does. I'm not really going for you know the top, top producers. I have a very specific niche of people that I go for. And I'm also looking at the title companies that they're working with because the title companies could be an, an opportunity as well in terms of trying to link up and merge with uh, real estate agents as well. Perfect. So, so they've got the consistency around how they're gathering the information, got the consistency around what the follow-up looks like. Now, give us some insight into things like theme days for, for time management. Uh, you, want, you want me to start? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Okay, perfect. So, so uh, I'm very, very diligent about theme days. Again, another thing that I picked up from the team, and we just, we kind of hone and refine uh, Monday is a follow-up with pre-approved. Well, actually, let me start with Thursdays because there's a very specific reason why I start with Thursdays. So every Thursday, I reach out to pre-approved buyers 
and I ask if they're seeing houses that weekend. I don't ask on Friday, and I specifically do that, I purposely do that, uh, because I want to ask them to send me the address of any property so I can send them a total cost analysis. Um, if you guys are not familiar with total cost analysis, it's part of Mortgage Coach, um, and a big part of my business, and, and should be probably a big part of yours as well. Uh, and then on Fridays, um, what I'm doing is I'm calling, I'm sending email for loan updates, and I'm also calling now the listing agents, the buyer's agents, and, and the clients just to give them an update on what's happening. Uh, we flow into Monday, and Monday what I'm doing is I'm following up with those uh, pre-approved buyers from Thursday and asking them, hey, did you see any properties over the weekend? And of the properties that you, that you saw, were there any that you were interested in, you know, me or finding the numbers on? Because what happens over the course of Thursday, Friday, and Monday, well, rates change, right? Beautiful thing. Beautiful reason to, to follow up with them. So I can adjust the TCA very simply. I can make another video and I can send it out to them. And then on Tuesday, I'm following up. I'm, I'm doing a loan update again. So my, my loan updates are Tuesdays and Fridays. And I'm doing the same thing, calling the agents, calling buyers agents, and I'm calling buyers. And on Wednesdays, Wednesday, Wednesdays, I kind of keep open now. Um, I'll call some some bankers uh, that I might have some relationships with. I'll call some uh, some some uh, CPAs that I have relationships with. I always call my my investment advisor on Wednesday just to check in with him and see what's going on. And that's how I run my business on on basically the course of theme days. And then Ethan, I I loved your strategy around when you have a new client, you utilize Zoom in a very specific manner to sort of really solidify that relationship on the front end. So can you give us some insight into that? Yeah, I would say the the client consultation and how we run it has been my most lucrative takeaway from coaching with Ignite, frankly, as far as immediate return on investment, if you want to call it that. So the flow with the new client is you know, the 15, 20 minute rapport building call, we get them pre-approved either over the phone or with the online app. And then we say your next step is your buyer consultation. And that's a trick to essentially manipulate people into doing whatever you want them to do is if you make it sound like, okay, that's just what's next in the process, then they'll do it. So then we have them schedule a 45, usually 45 to 60 minute buyer consultation and we do it over Zoom. And that's our opportunity to squeeze screen share MBS Highway and we you know, educate them on what's going on in the market. No, the Fed funds rate increase will not make your mortgage rate go up, et cetera. And establish yourself as the market expert. And the second I did that, our conversion rate, our client retention rate went through the roof and the amount of clients that shot me severely decreased. So it, it has an immediate and obvious impact on business. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think both of you mentioned video. There's a very specific focus on your utilization of video. Will, do you want to comment on that? I, I believe specifically utilize BombBomb to a high degree. Can you share those, that tool with us? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm a huge advocate of video. Um, I probably wouldn't have built my business if it wasn't for video. And quite honestly, it's a, it's a tool that I feel everyone should be using, but it's understandable that some people just are not comfortable around video. Um, and with that being said, there's just a lot of tools that are out there. If you're, you know, scared to show your face or your mannerisms, or you, you know, you're very self-conscious. Um, and I'd be happy to share those if you, if you reach out to me directly where you don't have to show your face and you can do visuals with your, your you know, audio and things like that. 
but I love to be on camera. And the reason why I love to be on camera is because I love people to see my mannerisms. I want them to see who I am. I want them to, to know what I'm about. And I think the, the aspect of connection is huge. Bomb bomb is one facet of connection, both in the initial stages, in the connection stages, in the follow-up stages, and throughout the loan process, I try to, I try to use every single opportunity that I can to utilize bomb bomb because there's ways you can use it on your laptop. You can use it on your cell phone. You can have evergreen content that's created. And the idea behind perfection is an imperfect idea. You should just be able to throw the camera up, say who you are, say what you, you know, say what you mean and convey it in a way where a person can uh, feel like they're being connected with. And I have no qualms using it also as a tool and a mechanism to kind of shake up, uh, let's say, a lead or a realtor uh, that I've been trying to chase for a long time or I've been trying to get in touch with for a while. And, um, you know, I'll use it specifically. There's a line that I use, which is, which is basically, have you given up? And I, I, I very specifically use that line because no one wants to feel like you, you're telling them that you, they gave up. And nine out of 10 times it strikes a chord so much so that if a person hasn't responded, they will respond to that. And um, that's how I utilize video and, and many different platforms, social media and things like that. But I think video is probably the most powerful tool that we, we can utilize. And I'm a huge proponent for it. So going back to fanatical prospecting, there's that law of familiarity. Just like if you sometimes watch a movie and all of a sudden you feel as if you know that actor or actress, it's silly. Logically, you know you don't know them. It's they're playing a character, but you feel an affinity to them. And, and when your clients have that, going back to the concept of clients making a decision with their heart, when they like you, they'll justify that decision with their mind, just like Ethan spoke about utilizing Zooms, utilizing his Zoom meetings to build that connection that diminishes the likelihood that they're going to continue shopping. Um, Ethan, do you want to talk to us a little bit about how you use video in your business? So ever since I would say last October, I've started doing weekly bomb bomb videos to realtors and bomb bomb can sync up directly with Django or with most CRMs. And so it just auto fills any new realtors that, that come across my desk and my favorite part is it has an over 50% open rate and it's like a, an abysmally low video watch rate, like 5%. But my theory is that when they see that it's a video, that's why they open it because it's not just, you know, corporate trash email. And if you put whatever you put in the video in the body of the email, then you actually get the job done. So I'm averaging approximately one loan per email that I'm, a, that I'm actually closing funding. Wow. And yeah. Home it, run. I'll have realtors forward the email to a client, say, watch the video and call this guy. And that's a pretty good setup. So it's been, uh, it's been fun. And that's cool. Love yeah. it. Love it. And then the last I'm going to, I'm going to lean into um, from you, Ethan, because you do it at such a high level is give us just a real overview. You really leaned into that concept of the realtor lunch and learns. Can you kind of explain to us how, how that came about and what that's turned into for you business-wise? Yeah. So when I got started, I, I knew it was a, a, a tool to leverage and people were leveraging it very well. Uh, when I got in the business, I was 23 and that was five years ago. And I 
maybe it was negative self-talk or limiting beliefs, or, or maybe it was a little bit realistic that it might be hard for me to stand in a room and present and sound knowledgeable, um, former pastoral student. Um, so I, when I got started, I was bringing in special guests, you know, local business people that I was connected with. And I would just stand up, endorse the person and let them roll with it. And I did that for about a year uh, prior to COVID. Um, took a break during COVID. And then now, again, since October, I've been doing these events again. And we're averaging 20 to 20 to 30 realtors that come. And even if fewer realtors came, to be honest with you, I'd, I'd be fine with it because it gives me an excuse to call realtors every single month, to call you know broker owners of, of real estate shops that maybe they don't do any you know do any buyers themselves so they wouldn't be a very good referral source but they're the connection to the agents um having you know that monthly speaking circuit if you want to call it that gives you you know more authenticity in the market you're establishing yourself as an expert and a couple upcoming ones that i'm excited about are ask an appraiser ask an underwriter um, previous ones are Really, I just focus on whatever is realtor clickbait, you know, whatever, um, whatever would get them excited. So are we in a housing bubble? That gave me a chance to just stand up and, I mean, I essentially just went through Dan Habib's uh, PowerPoint presentation. Um, previous to that was Systems for Success, Mortgage 101 for Realtors. Um, I did an EOS Life call. Uh, Sarah Middleton actually helped as a guest speaker for that one. And, you know, what a, I mean, talk about a leveraged event. It's one hour of my time, but I get you know 25 realtor hours within that one hour. So that's been that's been a huge turning point for me as well. So I just want you all to hear you have some fantastic nuggets. If you wake up and say, I have no idea what to do next, we're gonna send out a follow-up document with a breakdown of what each of these gentlemen shared with you. Print that out it will give you very specific action items and, and the proofs in the pudding, right? Each of them have put up numbers, they have consistency, they have discipline. And if you just adopt that mindset that each of them had, brand new marketplace, the worst of times, they start in. And, and the best thing was that I don't think either one of them knew how challenging it would be but they stayed the course. So really, really great. Thank you so much to both of you. Appreciate your time. We will send out that follow-up document and I hope that everyone will lean into what they learned today and execute. You can listen forever. You have to execute. So thank you both very, very, very much. Yeah, hey, thank, thank you, you guys. So guys did amazing. Kathy, you did great. I see Jake on the call too. I wanna to bring in Jake uh, for some of his thoughts. Thanks for joining us, Jake. I uh, have no thoughts except for working, and I can't wait for Pistol to say what he's going to say today. All right. Well, that's the perfect lead in. Pistol, what you got for us, buddy? Well, I love these guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing to me. And I think, uh, listening to them, I think they're both young enough to be my grandsons. And the success that they've had would make me very proud as a grandfather. And the stories about going into a new market which they hadn't ever been in before. I know they ran into bumps in the road. They had to take chances. Everything wasn't perfect. But I've got a couple of quotes, I think, that fits these two, Will and Ethan, per perfectly. One of them is, embrace the pain to inherit the gain. 
you know, and, and, and they have certainly done that. And what I really like about them, they both have confidence in themselves, but they have in confidence in what they are presenting and talking to others. And the success about the lunch and the learns and geez, I know Ethan or Will, he, got, got, he says on one email, he gets one deal back. This is just fantastic, fantastic to learn. So I'll share one more quote with you. The man who has confidence in himself gains the confidence of others. You guys were fantastic. And I think everybody should learn and go after it because success is in front of all of us and it takes hard work. Thank you. Hey, hey, Pistol, uh, you had a birthday recently, right? <laughs> there was an error in that, Austin. Okay. Uh, I don't want to get into my birthday. It was June 10th. Oh. And I, I had an event last Monday and shared some stuff as Jake did. Got so, it. Uh, I appreciate all the warm birthday greetings, which I, I've received twice now in two months. Well, Thank you very I, much. Could I just say, Austin, the event on Monday was in honor of Pete, and we that presented the service dog with the Milwaukee Brewers, and Pistol was there to help do it, and that was in honor of him and his birthday, and so he was awesome. We appreciate Pistol. That's so much fun. I love it. Hey, well, quick question, Lars. Um, Pistol and you too. that was so good right there. Why don't you say that on our Friday calls, too? Why don't you join our Friday calls? I mean, what, what, what's, I mean, Brother Ray, can you set that up or can we get that rolling? Pistol, you okay with that? Absolutely. Because what yep. you just, what you just said, is like what we, we all need to hear it. Yeah. I'll get Kathy on that, Jake. All right, Brother Ray. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, Ethan, Will, you guys have an amazing career ahead of you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing your time. Uh, everybody on the call, we had about 200 on this call, right? So that's amazing. Uh, and then usually there's another thousand people that listen to it. So uh, we appreciate all of you. I do want to point out a couple of things. Uh, Ignite-wise, in September, we have Fanatical Prospecting coming. Also, the Art of the Deal with Amy Slot with Amy Slotnick. So watch for that stuff. Uh, if you aren't part of Ignite, remember connect. It's only 99 bucks a month. You can be part of Ignite. You get this call. You get the mobile app. You get the social media. You get everything. We're doing a pop-up call, by the way, too, uh, for HomeBot on Monday. So watch your watch your emails for that if you're part of Ignite. So uh, if you guys have any questions, I'm in global addresses. Austin Lahr, just look me up. You can email me directly. Uh, happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Pistol. Thank you, Weezy. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, and everyone have a good rest of your Thursday. Hey, 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 hey. How about oh, the run okay. with the roar? Yes. Run to the roar. Sorry, Ray, take hey, it over. I will, but before we do that, Kathy, I went through the list, and I've got to admit, if I, if I, I'm, I'm taking authority here. I think our winner for up there on the on the wall, brother Ray. Before we do this, because we got salespeople, I need we need to share this because the, the social media stuff. And no, I know I'm in lockdown. I can't. I can't respond. <laughs> I've been told. I mean, you can only have so many uh, big noses in your lifetime. I mean, you know that that clown nose thing. I'd really like to have some T-shirts, but I wasn't able to get those either. But social media has so much stuff. I think it's important to note this. And I think that um, growth is never easy. Okay, 26 and a half years of people ask me questions. They say, well, the growth is never easy. You got fellas and ladies here that want to grow. Okay. We tried our very, very, very best to help Ashley McKenzie and Winston-Salem grow. And we gave homework last fall. The homework wasn't done. 
So we decided yesterday it'd be best for her to find a new home, okay? Now, when you go to social media, I mean, it makes it sound like, I mean, here, I'll just say this. We'll always say good things about Ashley. We tried, she's a top producer, big heart, but we just couldn't surround her. And I'll, I'll share this with you because I think it's important to note this. It's really, really hard to close a lot of loans if you have clunky closings. I was personally raised with a place that you had, that, and I'm so freaking old, you say how old, 100 or 184 with my clown nose, 187. But anyhow, it's another story. But we had that, you, you, there was a year average loan for 40,000. So you're making 200 bucks a file. You had to close 30 loans a month even though you wanted to be in the business, 30, all right? Anything less than 30, you said, I can't do this. The second year in the business, I made 88 grand. And I thought, you know, whatever. And I closed a lot of loans, right? So you say, why are you saying this? You got to get closings. You have to have smooth closings to do a lot of volume. So we were raised, I was at a place 12 and a half years, Carrie's mom was there. We were raised having docs to title three days early, Tuesday for Friday, Wednesday for the following Monday. Okay, you say, why do you say that? If you have if you have consistency and discipline and getting docs there early, you can close a lot of units. You don't want somebody driving you crazy on a Friday closing and have 400 questions on a Friday, you lose your mojo. I'm gonna ask Austin, the, the, the amount of units Austin's had in his lifetime, you have to have smooth closings. Well, long story short, when we met this group last fall, we asked the question in, in Wisconsin to Ashley and her group, out of 100 closings, how many go well? She said 50. Okay, 50 out of 100. So, th so, then, so then you think, okay, that's a system issue. That's not a people issue. That's a system issue. There's something wrong with the system. So we tried to tweak the system. We tried. We did this. We did this. We, did this, we gave homework. Didn't get done. So long story short, we're sitting here in July. We said, Ashley, we respectfully think it's best for you to work someplace else. And you say, why are you saying that? I think it's important for people to know stories because in the last month, I've learned a lot of stuff about social media. No, I'm not on it anymore. Okay, thank you. I'm not responding. I'm in, I'm in response lockdown. I can't respond. I'm in response timeout, okay, is what it is, okay? Yeah, I, I, M Michael, I, I'm 61 going on 12. I'm in, I'm in timeout, okay, there you go. <laughs> but the point is, you can't believe everything you see on there. And if you see some stuff on there, just know there's another part of that story. But you're never going to hear anything negative from us printed or talked about because Ashley did a wonderful job. But we just couldn't, we just, it was like, when I talked to Casey, and movement mortgage, and she didn't go to Casey. Here's how I explained it to Casey. We had a really good conversation about Ashley, that we were trying to help her. Here's what I said to him. I said, dude, it's kind of like this, and he's got a sports background. I said, dude, it's like this. When you're a kid, you know, we, we, we play sports, we do all this stuff, but we get sick of listening to our coaches. We just do. We think our coaches, after a while, are doofuses. They're just doofuses, right? And then we go to basketball camp and football camp, and we come back, and we think, maybe the coach wasn't so bad. Maybe what he or she's saying, maybe was right. I said, dude, sometimes people need to go to basketball camp. They need to go to camp. And I said, that's, that's where I personally think Ashley needs a different, a different team to take a look at stuff. Um, so long story short, you say, why are you sharing this? Because it's out there and there's 162 people on this call and you folks deserve to know truth. You deserve to know truth. That's truth. Okay. Um, is that okay, uh, Austin, for a little segue here? I, I think that's perfect, and and I and we all appreciate you addressing that, and I do think it's very important that everybody knows the, the real story behind it. And, and Andrew's ready. We're not waiting because Andrew's got stuff to do. He's like, Andrew down there is like this right here. He says, Steve, would you quit talking? Okay, Andrew, I got it. I got it. I'm not going to post either about quit talking, okay? So do your run to the roar thing, Austin, and, 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 and run the rage you guys do because Andrew's ready. 
Oh, he is, he is totally ready. In fact, wait, you got to hear the recording early on when he does the most brilliant uh, Minnesota, South Dakota accent you have ever heard. Uh, he's going to do a video for us, Jake, so it's going to be awesome. Well, can he do it right now? Yeah, give us a little Andrew, give us a little. You, you were ready. Let's go. Come on, give, give, us, us, give us a market update, Andrew. Give us the uh, Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know the, 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 the second quarter early GDP readings came out just a wee bit negative this morning, and you know, it's one of those things I got to put a hot dish on this afternoon because it's kind of got me up in arms a little bit. Um, I'm not going to throw a conniption fit, but, you know, it's just a uh, golly shucks. It's one of those things. Hey, hey, Brother Ray, and could you get with Kathy and get Andrew on our Friday call, too? We got to have a more fun. <laughs> and, and Andrew, what we're going to start doing on the Friday calls is we're going to do a market update, big boy. You're you're the market update guy. Okay, Let's Andrew, you just... That's how we. That's how we roll. Okay. Oh my gosh! Perfect. So we, I'll I'll get a hold of Kathy to get them them both invites, Jake. They'll so, say yeah. what what the heck happened to our Friday calls. We'll say don't worry about it. We're having. <laughs> it's so good. So hey, Kathy, I I'm going to take authority on this. I've got a winner Please. for I got a winner for up on your wall. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I I'm was late. I was private messaged by Bobby, but I I got to go with it. There was all of them were awesome, but he he wants. He wants to name him Art because now you'll always have Art on your wall. Oh, I love it. Love it. <laughs> so, love it. Love it. So, Got Bobby. It. And now I don't feel so bad about him. That's right. I'll Bobby. E Art. There we go. Bobby, <laughs> email me, Ray E R E Y. We'll get you We'll get you a gift certificate to the Ignite store for that amazing name. Okay. Run to the roar. We get our paws all up here ready. Look into your lens. Get up close here. And on three, one, two, three. Run to the roar, team. Here we go. God bless y'all. Here we go. Everyone have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.